Welcome to Talking Shop from Vixen Labs, the podcast making voice work for marketers. To kick off 2022, we've recorded a bonus episode for you, and it's a discussion between three industry experts, of which apparently I'm one of, giving the predictions for voice in 2022. Joining myself, James Poulter, the CEO here at Vixen Labs, are Ian Utilly, who's the CEO of Attention Live, and Sean King, EVP at Veritone One, who we recently announced a great partnership with. The topic is media, money, and the metaverse, and was recorded live on Twitter Spaces on the 5th of January 2022. Let's dive in. This is Vixen Lab's first Twitter Space. We're hoping for a couple of special guests to join us on the panel. Today is all about what might be happening for voice tech in 2022. Um, my name's Suze Cooper. I'm the audio creative at Vixen Labs, and I'm your host for today's space. So Today we have with us James Porter, who is CEO of Vixen Labs, and we're hoping that shortly we might be joined by Ian Utilly, who's the CEO of Attention Live, and Sean King, EVP of Veritone One. Voice 2022 predictions, media, money and metaverse. Um, I'm going to start with you, JP. You spoke at Voice Summit, as did uh, the others that we're hoping will join us shortly. Actually, I'm going to start at the end of your um, keynote, you finished your <laughs> keynote of Voice Summit by saying Voice 2.0 starts in 2022. And I want to know more about that. Tell me what you meant. <laughs> well, thanks, Suze. Um, nice to um, speak to those of you that are joining us live for the space or if you're listening afterwards on the podcast. Um, happy New Year to you. Um, and yeah, maybe just by my own introduction to answer that question, I, I pointed this point out that 2022 was going to be the year of kind of voice 2.0 while everyone else is getting excited about web 3.0 voice is just coming in i think to its second generation <clears throat> and what i mean by that is that of the past three to seven years depending on which market you're in um yeah we've had predominantly a voice world that has been mostly focused on the world of smart speakers and smart assistants from the big third-party voice assistant companies, uh, your Alexas, your Google Assistants, and so on. And that world has mostly been oriented around a couple of key things. The first being apps and skills um, for those third-party voice assistants. Um, so those are the, the kind of talking, uh, talking applications, applications that you can talk to as a user. And then the other place that voice has been uh, really prevalent and for many more years, in fact, is on the phone. Um, in the form of voice assistants like Siri and obviously um, what we've come to know as Google Assistant over the years that's uh, emerged on, on Android. Um, but what I mean by voice 2.0 in uh, 2022 is really where we begin to see a world where a few different things happen. One is that voice begins to be everywhere and you've only got to go look at um, you know, all of the new announcements that are coming out from CES uh, this week, as new televisions are getting announced, as new <laughs> microwaves and dishwashers and everything else are getting announced. Um, and in, really interestingly, you know, just today, uh, Sony had their keynote at CES unveiling their new Sony Mobility Inc., which is their new car um, EV platform, where they as an entertainment company are moving into uh, vehicles and taking with them voice assistance into the car as a, a primary medium of control in the car at the same time we've just had uh, the third generation of things like airpods come out 
and we've also had a ton of other devices um you know besides in the hearables market um you know the the wearable spectacles uh you know ray-bans from facebook collaborations and obviously <clears throat> if anything um like uh, Christmas Day is to go by. The app stores are ranking the apps for uh, platforms like Oculus uh, very highly because we're buying VR devices for the first time really in any kind of major way. And all of these devices are going to be voice controlled. So voice everywhere, I think, is my first main point around voice 2.0. But secondarily is that what we mean by voice input and output is going to change drastically as well. We're seeing um, less reliance upon these third-party systems like uh, Alexa and Google. We're seeing custom assistance being generated either on top of those third-party platforms like um, the new Disney assistant that's being rolled out at the moment at Disney Parks. And now when it comes to voice feedback, when the voice talks back to you, we're not just talking about the synthetic voices that have been owned by those platforms, but we're also beginning to see um, new synthetic voice partners. Uh, and that's why I'm excited that Sean and the team at Veritone are joining us on this episode uh, and on this space to talk about what they're doing with Marvel um, AI, which is their, their new synthetic voice platform, which we announced at Voice Summit, uh, our partnership with Veritone. So we're seeing some really exciting changes in the voice um, area. And I think that's why 2022 is a very, exciting time uh, for voice as an industry absolutely and and certainly kind of ideas around the the meta voice and synthetic voices i've got a stack of questions here that i'm going to be chucking at both you and sean in the next half an hour or so but you also spoke about um how voice users are starting to expect more from this voice technology um the vixen labs voice consumer index research last year certainly highlighted those moments where people expect to be able to interact with their devices and they are doing so to do things like check product information, play music, um, check where their parcel is, make purchases, that kind of thing. So is voice going to keep up with those expectations or even surpass them in 2022, do you think? Well, we've just seen a uh, new kind of research out even um, this week. Uh, VoiceBot published uh, you know, something that follows on very much from uh, what we've um, you know, kind of seen in uh, our own research, um, that voice commerce is definitely on the rise. Uh, you know, people are spending more and more money on both digital and physical assets um, as they kind of go into um, the, the new year um, and they're you know, much more confident using voice uh, to do that. Now whether or not that means it's meeting expectations I think that is uh, yet to be seen. I think broadly speaking what we found is that actually there are many places where voice isn't meeting the expectations that customers have. From our own research, as you mentioned, Susan, you know, we, we know that the customer actually is quite um, advanced. They really are willing to try different things. They're willing to lead in and have a go. Um, but what we're actually uh, seeing is that there are many places where just the answers that you get back from your voice assistant just doesn't live up to that expectation. And so brands and businesses who own those answers or individuals or personal brands where they're responsible for those answers really do need to step up and provide better assistance. And then, you know, the third party platforms need to do a better job at surfacing those answers to make that um, that expectation, uh, you know, kind of gap close. Um, so definitely there's... Um, an advanced consumer out there that wants to use their voices to get more done, uh, but they're not necessarily closing the gap uh, just yet. And both of those things build trust, um, wouldn't you say? Because obviously if people are asking questions of their devices and getting the answer that they're expecting, but also that, you know, that builds trust in voice tech itself. But if they're then hearing the answer from a trusted brand, that then builds that trust with with that brand as well um 
so I think it's got kind of a double a double edge in yeah. building the trust and, and using it. Now absolutely I think one of the things obviously Sean Sean you're you're um you're joining us now talking about synthetic voices and trust. There's certainly um kind of lots to question around that. It feels like potentially there's quite some work to do to gain trust in people speaking with a synthetic voice. So Sean, I'd ask you, what can we expect, do you think, in the next 12 months um, to see that might start to change our minds or enable people to start becoming a bit more trusting practice of, um, of synthetic voices? Well, I think there's a lot that's going to take place over the next 12 months. I mean, synthetic voice is, is nothing necessarily new. Uh, I mean, it's been here for a long time. I mean, we've experienced it when we're on our IVRs, when we're calling our bank and you're going through those terrible experiences where you just want to say, let me speak to a representative. I mean, these have been kind of out there and around for some time. But what has really improved is just the technology and the the and how realistic that these voices can become. And, and, and it really, I think it just comes down to people having an understanding on the consent functions that need to take place when you're creating these synthetic voices. You know, brands and companies spend a lot of money and time investing in spokespersons, investing in ambassadors who are really going to talk and be the voice or the face uh, for many of these brands, but you're only able to utilize them in these small instances where it could be a, a you know, a commercial opportunity, an advertisement an in-person attendance that you're making at, you know, some event, but being able to have that extensibility of that voice so you can have a consistency in the sound and, and kind of when brands start thinking about kind of what their sonic identity is, you know, voice is a fundamental aspect of that. And so, you know, as this improves, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, it really just comes down to making sure that at the end of the day, you you don't necessarily want to trick the consumer. You want them to understand that, hey, look, you know, I'm Capital One. This is not Jennifer Gardner that's speaking to you when you're calling in that 800 number. You know, I think you have that fundamental understanding that she's not going to be there, but her voice could be there talking and being and helping you navigate through that experience over the phone. Uh, so I think it's a, it, 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 it used in the right places at the right times, I, I think is, is, is kind of going to be key because I think, you know, to are the consumers are a lot more advanced and open and willing to try new things and many of us give them credit for and so i don't think that there's fundamentally going to be that kind of quote-unquote scary function of the fact that you're hearing someone's voice that may just be synthetically rendered but our more and my more stance on it is is you know just because you can create that really high quality kind of synthetic clone of someone's voice you know doesn't mean you should unless that you have clear consent from that individual that you can create that and and you've given clear consent as to how your synthetic voice clone model is being used and deployed. Absolutely. And I, I loved that point that you made during the Voice Summit um, talk, the presentation that you gave, Sean, around, you know, that difference between synthetic voices and deep fake is that consent and how important that that is to to, to the, those two distinctions between the two things. Now, um, we kind of jumped in there in the middle of the conversation, but Sean, I'd really like to invite you just to introduce yourself um, to us uh, within this space today and just to explain kind of where Veritone's at at the moment with synthetic voices. Obviously, it's a really exciting time for us over at Vixen, um, partnering with yourselves, but it'd be great to hear from you about where you're at with synthetic voices, what's been going on. Just give us a bit of a, a rundown. 
Sure. So, uh, you know, at Veritone, you know, Veritone One is a, our Veritone is an, an AI platform company. So we create uh, a platform called AIware that really acts as an operating system for, uh, you know, many, many different categories of AI based cognition. And, you know, our heritage, though, in the company and some of our subsidiaries in both Veritone One and Veritone Licensing are really kind of in the heritage of of understanding advertisements and understanding voice and understanding and utilizing, you know, a person to be a trusted voice on behalf of a brand or on behalf of an, uh, you know, an advertiser to being able to tell those stories. Baritone One is a is a wholly owned subsidiary of Baritone that specializes in audio and influencer based advertisements. So, you know, working with brands like DraftKings and LinkedIn and 800 Flowers and HelloFresh, you know, we're helping these brands leverage the power of trusted voices to be able to help share their stories and, and share the opportunities that these brands are offering to consumers. And, you know, we really notice that there's a big gap in that, that, you know, everyone's ability to be able to tell their stories and to be able to share that is really limited to that person's time and ability to be able to be accessible, to be able to do these reads, to be able to talk about those. So if we could start making a synthetic clone of all of these talents or all of these brands themselves, being able to have that voice be a part of that ongoing consumer experience, we thought that there was a need there. And, and that's where we're really focused on launching Marvel.ai as being that you know, extensibility for someone that they can take their voice and have that really high quality, you know, synthetic clone of them that you can also then take into personalize and to localize. You know, you know, I don't speak Spanish, you know, well, uh, you know, a little bit of, you know, my high school, you know, Spanish class. But if I wanted to be able to tell my story and hear it in my voice in Spanish, I have a clone of myself where I can, you know, you know, take what I want to say, and I can have that rendered into Spanish, into French, into German. So you have that ability to be able to share and tell these stories in your own voice, but in someone's native language. So for a brand, a storyteller, a content creator, there's a really wonderful ability to be able to personalize and localize your story or your experience. And I think that's just where, you know, we wanted to pull all together. We felt that there was a gap there in the market of having these high quality voices that can be used if you're a brand, if you're an individual, if you're a celebrity, if you're a person that just wants to tell your story or to educate someone on what you're working on and just giving this wonderful kind of personalized and localized experience. Yeah, and, and during the, the Voice Summit um, presentation, you actually showcased a Brian Beretta podcast. Um, using, you kind of used a synthetic version of his voice in Spanish mm -hmm. um, to basically produce an episode that's in Spanish that then broadens out his audience. There's a whole load of people there that are going to have access to that content that maybe wouldn't have listened to it before. Um, so are we already at the stage where we can expect more content to be created using synthetic voices like that? Absolutely. I mean, we're absolutely at that case. I think, again, you know, it, and we're seeing it that there, there are use cases all across the board. If we're talking about, you know, you know, post productions, dubbing those. I mean, I think if we look at anything during the pandemic, we look at how much content that we've been consuming. If we look at Netflix or Prime, how much we've gone global for content, you know, we really have gone far beyond what is here in North America for the content. We've looked to look at Squid Games, for example. 
uh, and, and others, huge phenomenons that we normally wouldn't see. But, you know, everyone has been really, you know, thirsty for a ton of content because kind of that machine shut down. But if you're having a way where, you know, if we're able to start consuming those ones and hearing in our in the language of, you know, in, in our native language, but from the actual actors' voices and the actual individuals, I mean, you get that extensibility that's there. And I just think you're going to start to see a lot more of these type of opportunities where you're going to be able to extend that, that, that content and make it far more personal to the consumers. Absolutely. Well, let's move from global content to the metaverse and let's welcome Ian Utili to the space. Hi there, Ian. Um, welcome to the panel. Ian is CEO of Attention Live. And over at Voice Summit, you spoke about engaging with the metaverse being more than just meta. So we're talking here about voice predictions for this year. What does voice add to the metaverse, do you think, Ian? Welcome to the space. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm not sure um, that everybody thinks of the metaverse the same way. So I'll define it these two ways. The metaverse is a place where we interact in this new digital frontier. And there's two expressions of the metaverse. There's the centralized metaverse that is being driven by the global 2000 companies. And then there's the open metaverse or the decentralized metaverse. So the centralized metaverse is already has all the things with voice technology embedded into their company. And so they're already leveraging all of the different voice tech that's available. And they're pushing the limits on what voice tech can do because it's, it's absolutely needed when it comes to uh, navigating the metaverse, enjoying the metaverse, creating content in the metaverse, connecting with other people in the metaverse, just even talking to the headset uh, or whatnot as you engage with the metaverse. Um, it's the open metaverse, the decentralized network that I think has the most opportunity with uh, our world and our industry. Um, they're kind of disconnected, you know, that they're, they're the anarchists in technology, right? They're the web three renegades. And so um, I feel very hopeful at the voice tech world and the industry, the technology that our peers and ourself uh, are creating and have created, uh, that this technology will become uh, as important as anything else in the development of what is being called the metaverse. And it's nice that we have these huge trillion dollar market cap companies that are driving forward a lot of innovation uh, in voice tech because of what they intend to do in creating this new space. So yeah, I, I did talk a bit about that. Uh, my, my talk at the Voice Summit was voice and the metaverse. And uh, that was one of the main points I was trying to communicate is that uh, all of the metaverse, both the open metaverse and the uh, centralized metaverses, they all will depend on voice technology to function well, especially over time. Yeah, and I also um, really loved what you said about how kind of big tech are taking charge of the hardware, if you like, but there's also this kind of software side, which is where the, the crypto and the Web3 stuff comes into it and the way that you explained that all coming together as, as one big thing. You can definitely put it better than I can. Um, <laughs> if you could explain that for us, that would be amazing. So there's three elements to the development of the metaverse today and what is to come. There is hardware, software, and community. So it's very clear 
that any sort of uh, open metaverse or decentralized Web3 protocol or decentralized autonomous organization, anything that's these independent open source approaches, that they're going to be dependent on the existing hardware, things like an Oculus Quest, things like a Microsoft Halo. They also are going to have some dependency on the softwares that have already been created as well. Uh, what these new communities are bringing is that very thing. It's community. It's people that are committed to a vision or committed to uh, engaging in a game or engaging in a virtual world. And so I think there are strengths and weaknesses to each of these different uh, you know, expressions. And so the greatest strength of the decentralized Web3 world is their community. That's that's how every single cryptocurrency is built. It's built around community. That's how every single Web3 company uh, is successful. It's successful because of a Discord community or, or something of that nature. And then these huge trillion dollar market cap companies, they're successful because of the hardware that they've created and the patents that they have and the software they've created and the way how easy the UI UX often works for these things. So it's a matter of looking at the strengths of each and then for us and our clients, uh, we need to decide, okay, how do we kind of patch things together to have the best long-term trajectory in terms of developing out the type of metaverse experience that we're aiming toward? Absolutely. And let, let's talk a little bit more about um, that cryptocurrency. You spoke a bit about NFTs and actually, JP, you also spoke about it at Voice Summit and I, I'd love to hear you speak to each other about it really but i mean musicians and audio creative podcasters they're already making use of nfts so are we going to see voice making an appearance in that world in the near future do you think and if we are then how's that going to happen jp you go first yeah sure so i think this actually touches upon and this is why i wanted these guys to kind of come and join us in this discussion because it cuts right across the all three companies and what what we're all working on is that one of the big things in in the metaverse, um, you know, that as Ian alluded to, is that yeah, we're going to use our voices to basically be the primary communication vehicle. Either if we're talking to the system, like to control a headset, or um, to control a like, for example, augmented reality glasses or some some kind of tooling. But we're also going to be using our voices to talk to each other because it's the one thing that is real in the virtual environment. It, you know, the avatar that you might be seeing or the environment you might be seeing or a layer on that environment you might be seeing is, is, is virtual. It, it's created in some fashion. But the voices that we use to speak to one another, they are the only thing that's kind of live and real in that, in that instance, right? We're, we're using our voices to talk to each other, whether that is through some kind of directly talking or through some synthetic rendering engine to change our voices or modulate it in some way. But that's the real thing and so when we're talking in the metaverse um you know we have to have a way of verifying which voices we are hearing and speaking uh with because that you know, is really important when you begin to do all sorts of you know kind of um deeper experiences in the metaverse right now most of the vr and ar experiences that we know of really have oriented around two major areas one um, you know, being kind of gaming and the second being kind of pseudo meeting or kind of social interactions, whether that's meeting rooms or classrooms and things like that. But when you begin to start thinking about kind of future <clears throat> versions of what we might do inside of the metaverse, whether that's um, banking and transactions, whether that's shopping, we've seen the first kind of virtual stores being launched in some of these um, kind of open worlds, um, whether that's, you know, kind of other types of industry or, or interactions and particularly also in things like education, um, you 
you're going to want to have some secure ways of knowing that the people you're talking to are, are truly them. And I think the voices may be one of our kind of passports or tickets, if you like. Um, but to be able to make those voices true and authentic, they need um, authentication and they need verification and they need provenance. You need to be able to prove whose voice is whose and who owns it, particularly also because you don't want that voice to be, as, as Sean was mentioning before, you're kind of deep faked away from you and, and turned into something that you didn't create originally so i think that's where nfts potentially actually have a real role to play in as we you know see the evolution of this whole digital marketplace and metaverse marketplace evolve um that you know nfts may be the thing that um you know kind of help us authenticate our voices in the metaverse and and even potentially use them to license and transact in the future uh particularly for those people that are involved in the creation of, of spoken um word content in different ways so i tried to coin this term at, at summit nfvs you know non-fungible voices i think that's a really important thing for us to you know explore um in the future because we need a way of verifying our voices um be those synthetically created or um you know kind of human um you know kind of uttered um, whichever way around I'd, I'd love ian or sean your your perspective or take on that Sean, do you want to jump in and share a perspective? Maybe I could follow up to what sure. you say. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it's important as people begin to kind of, you know, I look at kind of the metaverse, you know, rather it be kind of open or kind of decentralized. It's, it's another distribution channel. If you're a brand, if you're an individual where you can, again, share stories, you know, have that community, uh, as Ian put it. But, you know, I feel as it becomes more increasingly important that everyone if you're using your voices or you know a synthetic clone of it that you need to make sure that you that that you own it that you recognize that that's part of you know your own individual name image or likeness you know that is you so whether you know you're in there you want to make sure that you're in this opportunity that you have control you have the own authentication of your own voice uh rather be real or synthetic and and that that way that you have that ability to be able to kind of make sure that you know your own name, image, and likeness is always protected. So I I've had the joy of being involved in the NFT industry since 2017. So you know way before the hype cycle. I remember I used to say the thing I love most about the NFT world is there's no speculative investing, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Uh, as that certainly has taken a foothold this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm quiet. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, this year I did the final keynote at our event, NFT NYC. It's called The Future of NFTs. And it was it was basically sharing the predictions of several hundred of our speakers that I had talked to about where NFTs might be in 2024. And the way that I laid it out is that we probably will not be using the terminology NFT. Right, which stands for non-fungible token, or maybe an easy way to think of it, it's a non-replaceable digital asset, right? Like if you have a ticket to a sporting event, it has a certain seat, so it's not replaceable. You can't trade your seat for somebody else's. Not, or your, your voice, just as JP said, is an NFT. It's non-replaceable. You can't exchange my voice for JP's. We have our own voice. It's one of a kind. I think in the future, we won't really be using terminology NFT, it'll just be like turning on a light switch or running water at your sink. It'll just be something that we do. We're just engaging with these digital assets. <clears throat> and in that, I think that voice will be a primary tool by which people are using NFTs and by which people are acquiring NFTs and also transferring their NFTs to other people. So when you talk about NFTs 
when it comes to things like podcasts, because Sean, you mentioned uh, what you've done for the podcaster that now can be listened to in Spanish. So let's take it out uh, to the technology maturing a bit and, and, you know, really becoming integrated. If you look at something like a podcaster like Joe Rogan, I imagine Joe Rogan having a place in the metaverse that he and maybe Spotify put together. And maybe it's both in the centralized metaverses like uh, Meta's Horizon that Facebook and Oculus have built and decentralized metaverses like the Sandbox or Decentraland. And you can go into these metaverses. And when you go into Joe's rodeo, right, let's say it's, it's a big rodeo, uh, whatever language you speak, you go over to that section. And Joe is interviewing somebody in English and that can be heard, but you may have a special NFT that gives you access to go inside of the French room or to go inside of the German room or to go inside of the Portuguese room. And because you have that NFT, you get access to be there. And maybe there's even a benefit by you having that NFT that you get a rev share that's attached to your NFT with how much advertising goes against it because that content has value because of your attention. And so these are the types of complex um, agreements between content creators and content consumers that will play out because of voice technology, amazing developments like what Baritone's doing with Marvel and the newfound uh, excitement around what we are calling NFTs today. I think that's so important that, you know, we take up the, what kind of Ian said there really seriously. It's like they, these, I think the idea that the metaverse and, you know, people can talk about like, is 2022 going to be the year of the metaverse? And I think I said not uncontroversially at, at Summit. It's like, no, it's not. One, because it's been around for a while, right? Um, I just shared on the Twitter space, if you're, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can go find this on our Twitter feed afterwards. Um, there's a video doing the rounds as we record today on uh, the 5th of January um, from Walmart from about 2017, which is basically like an image, uh, like a virtual version of what a Walmart store might look like. And it's basically like recreated exactly what it would be like walking around a regular store, but it's got kind of virtual assets and stuff in it um yeah this idea of the, of the metaverse isn't necessarily something new and at the same time this is also not something that is going to reach everybody in 2022 this is this is a a, a long play um and the same thing is is true of the nfts i think you know we're seeing a bit massive hype cycle at the moment around you know kind of digital art in particular um and you know there is a, a time horizon where many of those assets either go to zero or become so massively overpriced that only people with massive elite wallets that have collected tons of ethereum will actually ever be able to afford them or traditional um you know players like the original you know like the hedge funds like the vcs begin to come in and buy up assets uh, in the same way they've done with any other asset class but all of that i think in the short term is is really a distraction from the really important um point that Ian made there about you know our voices and other you know assets within um within the the spoken word world <laughs> um can be one of ones and i often use this example of things like um talks right um or even take this even this twitter space <clears throat> this this twitter space is a one of one this conversation will never happen again with the exact same participants in the exact same format that it has before we've all shared these ideas in different formats and places and contexts but this exact space has never happened before and up until now there has been no way of deriving any residual value from 
um, you know, this space, either as you guys as the participants in it and those listening, or as us as speakers. And I think what now we have the opportunity to do is to derive future value from that for people who want to come in and listen in the future or participate in the future. And I think that that um, ongoing value um, creation from digital assets and particularly from the assets of live events and moments um, is really a fascinating opportunity. Sean, do you want to comment on that? Yeah, no, I, I again, I 100% agree with, with, with what you're saying. I mean, again, we talk a lot about this, and I've talked a lot about this, is like, you know, extensibility. You said it there, you know, in, in this little one. This is a one-to-one environment, but how can we make this one-to-five, one-to-ten, one-to-fifteen, one-to-twenty, and just begin to kind of, ex, you know, extend the ripple of the communications that we're making to people that may not be able to come in and do this. And, you know, voice is the fundamental thing that we do day in and day out. It's how we've always told our stories, you know, and and, and any different ways that we've talked about it. But being able to personalize, being able to have that be localized and being able to, I mean, what we're doing is we're making our stories, our educational materials, our ability to communicate with others, and we're being able to, you know, amplify that and 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 make it much easier for people from diverse backgrounds, diverse communities, diverse languages, being able to kind of communicate in kind of a centralized and easier way. And there's just so much power in that. And and it, but with that is a lot of responsibility and how we need to approach it, both from you know what is right and ethical. And, 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 and acknowledging, you know, where that the harm could come in this if it's, if it's used maliciously. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, I, I wonder, Ian, just maybe it might be worth just because we're on that topic of just explaining a little bit more about what Attention Live does, because you didn't do that so much in your intro, but this is really connected, I suppose, in the vision of what Attention Live is about. Yeah, I'm happy to. Attention Live has created a podcasting platform that automatically creates NFTs when a podcast goes through our system, whether it's live or archived audio, and then we distribute it everywhere. So a simple way to think of Attention Live is we just take a podcast and we put it everywhere where people are already at, right? We put it on the social media sites like YouTube and Twitter, on the uh, podcast platforms like Spotify and Google Podcasts, and on the voice devices like Lexi and Assistant. And so you put audio through our system and it goes everywhere, but we also create an NFT against that audio. The reason we create NFTs against it is it allows the content creator, the podcaster to automatically monetize their content by having that NFT inside of a marketplace where a corporation like a radio station could buy it so that they could use it and have a licensing to be able to play it on their radio station or a fan maybe can buy and say, I own this, uh, you know, this piece of art, which is what podcasts ultimately are, is they're creating something art. It's not music, but it still has some similarities. And so we've worked on this uh, for the last several years, and uh, we're very excited about 2022. This is going to be a really important year for us as we've put forth all the infrastructure to be able to automate these things. And, and the big problem that we're solving is that there's so much unused and uh, just idle content in every in everybody's uh, world, right? We Even this, like this uh, space that we're creating is being recorded. What's going to happen with this space? And how might Attention Live automate the process of getting more attention and more people engaged with it uh, by provide, providing different types of NFTs with different types of utilities? So um, 
that's a bit about what Attention Live does. Uh, anybody that's listening can go to attn.live, find out more. And also, we're uh, looking to onboard more uh, people that we call sonic streamers. That, that's that's our terminology. We think of it as a new category. So uh, we'd love f- for folks here uh, to consider leveraging uh, the platform that we've built in order to uh, help you to make money from the content that you're already creating. Amazing. Thank you, Ian, for explaining all about Attention Live and, and what fascinating conversation we're hearing here all about voice and, and really hearing that it sounds like it's going to be kind of the linchpin um, between all of these different areas that are, are coming online, the metaverse, NFTs, an awful lot out there that, that voice is kind of quite quite central to. just going to ask JP just one more kind of wrap up, really. Um, I suppose within the voice industry, we've seen the smart speaker as this kind of accessible stepping stone that everyone's got in their house into the world of voice. And you have previously said that voice is the next interface. Um, and certainly we're hearing here that it, it's well beyond um, anything potentially that we might have imagined five, 10 years ago, even. Um, at Summit this year, you said voice needs to move away from being a plaything in 2022. So are we now ready, do you think, to see that shift away from the smart speaker to this more ubiquitous experience that, you know, coming full circle, what we started this evening um, speaking about at the beginning of tonight's space? I, I think we are. I think we are. I, I think the reason why we haven't been up until now, because it's maybe helpful to make that distinction, is that we've worked a lot up until now within walled gardens. We've been very reliant upon the, the big smart speaker platforms to kind of set the stage. And now we're beginning to see that that isn't necessarily the only place where voice is going to become a dominant use case. Um, in the US and the UK, where we've done our research, we see that voice on the phone in our homes is a massive use category. Um, and that means that people are using that voice on in many different apps, both natively on the assistance that they have on their devices like Siri and Android, um, but actually also embedded within apps. I think that there's a huge opportunity there when we begin to see, um, you know, whether it's the, the conversational AI tech that from, um, you know, as Sean mentioned, AIware and the Wade and Wendy, the, the tech that those guys have acquired recently, whether it's um, the guys at Speechly um, and what they're doing, you know, integrating kind of voice into the web for first uh, voice search you know that we're seeing that you can access far more content and experiences um with your voice than ever before secondarily i think it is that you know with the adoption of um of technologies like um oculus or as it's now i think going to be called you know kind of meta um something else <laughs> yeah that, that these devices are going to gather some popularity how how much popularity i think is still to be seen but they are going to gather some popularity i think the real tipping point for the the kind of heads up display version of this um, really comes with apple and entering with some kind of glasses in, into the ar market um so i think that's what we've got to watch out for but um i think that the tech is getting there sean do you want to jump on that as well no i i, I mean i agree with what you're in, in in your points there jp i do think you know there where I struggle within this is that, you know, there's a lot of opportunities here. And again, where my focus and background comes in, comes in like in the engagement with brands and the engagement between the brands and companies and consumers. And, you know, there's definitely a gap in where some of these companies are ready for and to engage. And, you know, I always kind of use this example and it's, it's a little bit of a tangent, but you know, I do cl- very clearly remember, you know, my, you know, 85 getting my first Apple and seeing the mouse. 
and you know having to use and interact with the mouse at that time and 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 we're have that same inflection point now it's how we're interacting with our devices and how we're interacting with our technologies with our voice which is kind of that same a little bit of awkwardness out of the gate. And so when you take that a step further, you know, brands and companies need to start thinking more about how it's not just how their UI is functioned and how a consumer is going to go in and do that. But, you know, what is their voice experience going to look like? What is their commerce experience going to look like, you know, through just a voice only? And it's kind of another dimension in which kind of companies and 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 individuals and whoever who has that presence there, how are they going to interact with their audiences in that way? And it's it's and and the technology is there to do it. And it's just it's a you know, like I'm saying, it's a new dimension that people and kind companies need to start thinking through. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And just I suppose to to kind of jump on that, I would say when I say the technology is there, I think that's true. I think the technology is there. Um, I think that, that you yeah, know we have the the voice synthetic technology with what you guys are doing. We have the distribution and the um, accreditation technology or, or the verification technology with the types of things that Ian and the team are doing at Attention Live. We have the the third party platforms have now put the devices in literally all the possible places we could have the devices, and we're also seeing some very stable and very extensible partners that will allow us to take that into the conversational web um, wherever we interact with that. The real game. Um, in 2022 and I'll, I'll kind of wrap up with this point the real game in 2022 is for the players that now come and interact in that space to create joined up seamless experiences across all of these different touch points and, and pieces whether that's in a brand perspective whether that's an experience perspective but that that's I think the game to be played 100% agree and what a challenge to to be left on um, after such a fascinating panel discussion well I'd like to thank Ian, Sean and JP for joining us today here on Twitter Spaces to talk about what might happen for voice tech this year. Um, And yeah, we hope to catch up with you all soon. Take care. Well, you've been listening to Talking Shop from Vixen Labs. Remember to like and subscribe in your podcast app of choice and make sure you don't miss any future episodes. And if you're looking for a new challenge for 2022 or you're seeking an opportunity to join the voice industry, then we would love it if you would check out our vacancies. Vixen Labs is recruiting and we would love to hear from you. You can find out all of the details you need at vixenlabs.co slash careers where you can find job descriptions and find out how to apply. We look forward to hearing from you.